Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, how can you tell when it's time to tune your bagpipes? I studied to play the bagpipes in Edinburgh. Did you know that? No. Yeah, I studied. It was a course in Inhumanities. <laughs> Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of this week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and retrobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. And we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the darkness of this week. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and she does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather realised this week that how do you know honesty is the best policy unless you've tried some of the others welcome to the show heather hello i have tried some of those you've tried them all i believe <laughs> at some point or another during the shows that Maybe. we have been making we also have with us the analytical and skeptical mind of kim gore kim is also a talented and valued member of the international paranormal society kim wondered this week who opened the first oyster and said my my doesn't that look yummy <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kim. A man, perhaps. Hello. Does anyone around this table no? actually like oysters? <laughs> yes, I love yes. them. Nathan's got his hand up. You've got you, this. Is you like them cooked though, don't you? Yes, both. Right. Okay, there's a world of difference, isn't there, from having it cooked and then eating something that's like licking phlegm off of a tortoise? 
Oh. Welcome to the show, Kim. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras than leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg realised to his cost this week that when a restaurant says no shirt, no shoes, no service... That also includes pants. Welcome to the show, Greg. I believe the court hearing is next week. We are Series 2, Episode 10. 10's a fabulous number. Did you know that 10 is the atomic number for neon? I bet a lot of people didn't actually know that. Perhaps it should be written somewhere in big lights. What do you think? 10 is the state number... Of Virginia, named after the Virgin Queen, Queen Elizabeth I, of course. Um, did you know all the states were numbered? This is news to me. Virginia apparently is state number 10. So uh, what's a number two? Any ideas? Who wants to have a guess at what number two is? Connecticut. <laughs> you, you've not had a good experience of Connecticut, I'm guessing. I was going to say it's on the East Coast. Is Connecticut actually a state? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> bound to your superior knowledge of being American. Um, number two is Arizona. Oh, I was thinking they may have been in alphabetical order, perhaps. No, I should know this because stamps came out and they were numbered and it's based on when they were voted in being states. Um, okay, then. Well, let's uh, stretch your knowledge further then. I will give you points if you can tell me the number for Minnesota. Any ideas? Closest one gets a point. 17. Greg? No idea. This show ends in an hour, so Heather? 35. Nathan? 14. Heather's getting Greg? 40 <laughs> It was uh, 17 would be the closest I suspect It Ooh, is actually uh, it is actually 21 And if you want to pass through a number 2 um, Interstate 10 runs from California to Florida of course 10 is the minimum number of players on the field At any given time during play in a baseball game The remarkable thing about that Is that anyone actually stayed awake long enough To be able to count that high oh. I want to thank all of our <laughs> listeners It's fun isn't it making... Uh, you know, comments about American sports. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything about baseball. I've not even seen a touchdown. I know nothing about it. <laughs> but we are. I do want to thank all of our listeners. We have a, a fabulous number of listeners now on darkmatterradio.net. So I want to thank them. We're going out live Friday, 10 o'clock, so uh, central time. And uh, if you listen to our archives, if you go to SoundCloud, soundcloud.com, and you type in MQ. TA Radio, you will find all of our archives, the last two years worth of shows. And uh, on our archives, they are a week behind our live shows. So if you want to listen to the show you're listening to live at the moment at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, there will be that show available in a week's time. We're a week behind on the archives. But what I wanted to tell you was that there is an extra 20 minutes. It's almost like the DVD extras. When we're going out live on air, there are things we can't mention and things we can't say. And the last part of the show is called not for your mother and uh, some of those stories are indeed not for your mother and can't possibly go out live on air so if you want to access those go to soundcloud.com go to mqta radio and all of our shows there have an extra 20 25 minutes of things we couldn't possibly say live on air i also want to thank all of our followers on facebook we have a facebook site 
which is more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. We currently have 5,000 followers on there and all of the stories from the week plus much, much more are actually on there and people are commenting on them and sharing those. So a big thank you to them. And we are 50,000 followers now on Twitter. So again, if you wish to go to Twitter, that's Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, which is T-I-P-S. And you can be one of our followers on there and that would be fabulous and I would love to hear from you. We run into the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. It's stories from around the world of ghosts, phantoms, spirits, things that go bump in the night. Heather, what have you got for me this week? Billionaire claims ghost of a murdered child haunting his mansion. He might be a billionaire founder of Phones for You, but that doesn't mean that John Codwell doesn't believe in the supernatural. This may be why he thinks his massive Jacobean mansion is being haunted, and by a ghost of a child who died in the English Civil War, no less. They had a civil war? Are you serious? <laughs> of course we had a civil war. <laughs> <laughs> you always follow us, don't you? All, all, of the best, all of the best TV shows of what Americans are copying from us. We had a civil war 300 years before you, and you had to copy us with that as well. One in three people died in the British Civil oh, War. Oh, well, that's not funny. Sort of, I didn't say it was. You're the one who's laughing. If oh. we're, looking, we're looking at the 1640s. Yes, this was when King James I had his head cut off. And we were a republic for, I believe, about nine or ten years under the guidance of Oliver Cromwell. But when Oliver Cromwell died, there was no natural successor. So they brought well, back... We'll be speaking of that oh, here in a second. Am I, am I preempting your story? A little bit. Yes, there was a civil war and many people died. The 62- and we got in before you. <laughs> <laughs> The 62-year-old businessman said guests at his 50-room house in Staffordshire have experienced vibrating beds and felt people brush past them on the stairs when they were completely alone. That's a super eight. They have vibrating beds and people passing in the corridors. Yeah, we watched a Chevy Chase movie, didn't we, where they had put a quarter in. Was it the vacation series where they're going to Wally World? (laughs) He puts a quarter in and suddenly they're on the floor, aren't they? (laughs) I do recall. This was a fabulous thing. I visited America with my grandparents and my mum and dad in 1980. So my first experience of coming here was California. Was a vibrating bed? Well, I come from a really grey... What, with my grandmother? How dare you? (laughs) It wouldn't have been so bad if she'd have shaved. um, Adrian Edward. God rest her soul. But, you know, I come from dreary, cold, miserable grey London at the late 70s, early 80s with all the strikes. And you suddenly come to California and they have things like vibrating beds and, and sun and pancakes for breakfast and the most outrageous things it was incredible yeah you that's could get right. five you bodies have... in the trunks of the car i know it, and you have, you have pancakes for like we, supper or dessert or some it's weird a dessert, thing don't you? but we only have it once a year on pancake day so there's a on, pancake day yes how long have we got in this show we've been 10 minutes in i'm not going to sit here discussing pancake day <laughs> And squeezy lemon yeah, juice. Yeah, it might be a flop. It's Shrove. <laughs> Heather is on minus one. Um, he said the spirit is of a little boy who died during the conflict. Mr. Codwell explained the little boy was alone in the house. All the men had gone out hunting and the Cromwellians came down the drive. So that's kind of what that you were going That would be the into. Republican army, absolutely. He said the little boy shouted, we are for the king, and one of the soldiers lifted a musket and shot him in the head. He fell in the long gallery 
crawled into the one of the bedrooms and bled to death. I don't know where he's getting all this information, but that's what he's I wonder how one crawls into another room and they've had a shot to the head. I, you got me. My granddad got shot in the head during the Second World War, but he was lucky because he missed his brain by five inches. (laughs) Oh. Uh, He even cited a legend that the bloodstains have been seen oozing through the walls, although Mr. Codwell admits that he has never experienced the phenomenon. Despite this, he says he has no qualms about living in the house and insists the ghost is friendly. People who think they're in tune with the spirit world always say they can feel something, but it's warm and not malevolent, he said. It's warm. And not malevolent. But you can't feel it. Okay. (sighs) Fabulous. I'm not going to... No. I'm still thinking of the fact this building has 50 rooms. That's like a giant game of clues. Where is Staffordshire? Staffordshire is um, going out towards Bristol, actually. You're kind of in the mm-hmm. middle there a little bit, out going out left and east. They make China there, Staffordshire, China. Oh, OK. It's, there's lots of countryside with cows. And it, just imagine Illinois, something like that. <laughs> Wisconsin, but with people it, that can It was read. a beautiful mansion. I saw a picture of it. It's, it's beautiful. Well, Jacobean was of that period. If you see something, I've, I've investigated Jacobean hunting lodges in Britain, um, if you go to the website um, Luton Paranormal Society, you will see pictures of me investigating a place called Houghton House um, in Bedfordshire, and that was a Jacobean hunting lodge, and that was probably about 10, 15 years ago now, but there are pictures of me doing that back in the day. So there is a lot of fabulous... In fact, perhaps I shouldn't be mentioning this live on air, but if people know Richard Felix, the historian from Most Haunted... Um, I brought a brand new piece of equipment from America back to Britain and I went and had a curry with him and we wanted to try it out and uh, see what this piece of equipment does and we actually broke in, we climbed over the walls. So me and Richard Felix were at Houghton House investigating with a shack hack after we broke in at like one o'clock in the morning. But perhaps I shouldn't be mentioning that That's live on thing. air, but I do have my attorney sat with me, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story here that says, is this a ghost doctor caught on camera lurking in a derelict hospital? A terrified ghost hunter probing a haunted derelict hospital was horrified to see the spectral figure of a doctor lurking in one of her pics. Jamie Lee Brown, 21, she has the right last name, doesn't she, if she's seen a ghost is what I'm saying here, (laughs) was exploring the empty corridors of St Thomas's Hospital, a former Victorian workhouse in Stockport, England, when she took the eerie photo. The decorator was so unnerved by spooky footsteps above them, even though the building has no working stairs. When you have no working stairs, that's either there's stairs there or there's not stairs there. You can't have non-working stairs. You can have non-working legs and non-working people, but the stairs are either there or they're not. You can't have non-working stairs, can you? Because stairs are just there. It's us that go up and down them. Do you see what I'm what saying? What if they're escalators? Well, they still wouldn't be working, would they, if they're broken, I guess? See, you've thrown a wrench in the whole thing. You're now on minus two. <laughs> I was happy in my deluded idea that stairs are either there or they're not there. You can't have non-working stairs. Do you see what I'm saying? You can have non-working legs. If the stairs are there and you can't go up, and whose fault's that? They're still there. This is philosophy. This is Heidecker. These are stairs. I shall call them stairs. (laughs) The paranormal enthusiast ran from the building. So she's got working legs. So they are working stairs. But when Mrs. Brown developed the photo later, she found a chilling surprise, a spectral doctor lurking in the background. Hold on. They're still using film developing? Um, when she uploaded them, I guess what oh, okay. is what we're suggesting here. She said it's standing in a lift shaft. It's really creepy to think my friend was just heading towards this area when the ghost was there. So if there's a lift shaft, they don't need the stairs at all. 
We'd only gone into the workhouse for a laugh and to look around. Let's go into a workhouse for a laugh and a look around. It's derelict and it has non-working stairs. We kept hearing noises above us like shuffling and footsteps, but I hadn't actually seen anything. Thousands of psychiatric patients were treated at St Thomas's, formerly known as Shaw Heath Hospital over the years. The abandoned building had been closed for more than a decade, but was once a barbaric Victorian workhouse known as The Grubber, where inmates were packed in like sardines in a tin. Three years ago, the structure featured in an episode of paranormal investigation show Most Haunted. Other figures from beyond the grave have been seen at the site, including that of a woman dressed as a nun or a nurse, according to a ghost spotting website. It's always a nurse or a nun, isn't there? Mm -hmm. If it's a female occupation, I'd like to think you could tell the difference between a nurse and a nun. Perhaps they're just going through professions. Or a brothel. Are you are you comparing nurses There's and nuns? nuns there? Wow, it depends how much you pay. In a brothel? We've all got our crosses <laughs> to bear. Um, I guess you, you get what you pay for. You're right, every haunted building in this country at one time would have been a brothel. I've, if I've lost track of how many times I've gone to a hotel and they said, this used to be a brothel. It's, it's not true, I tell you. But if they're going through professions beginning with N for women, um, it's nurse, nun, I guess uh, nuclear physicist, night porter, night vision, night vision. We know how to use it. Okay, Kim, what have you got for me in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Paranormal activity detected at Devonport Guildhall. Something spooky was going on as Devonport Guildhall was overtaken by a group of ghost hunters. Paranormal investigators from Devon Ghost Adventures held two ghost walks inside the Grade 1 listed building and paid a visit to the neighboring Crown and Column and Bristol Castle pubs. Ever been there? Not personally. I think Nathan may have been to a lot of pubs in Bristol at some point, having studied there many years ago. He was walking home from the pub one night and someone trod on his fingers. <laughs> yep. More than 30 eager ghost hunters took part in the three-hour session. The group tried their hand at spiritual activities in the building's various rooms, including a human pendulum reenactment, a Ouija board demonstration, and using their energy to contact any spirits which may have been lingering in the building. Diana Stickney from Devonhart Guildhall, who took part in the ghost hunt for the first time, said there was an unsettling atmosphere from the beginning of the night. Lights flickered and rooms turned suddenly very cold. We were all a little anxious at the start, and we felt even more so as the night wore on. I've never used a Ouija board before, but I don't think it's something I'll be delving into in the future. She said with a <laughs> demonic entity resting on her shoulder and ruining the rest of her life. <laughs> Uh, Devonport Guildhall has a fascinating history, which lends itself to ghost stories. Built in 1824, the building has seen a great deal of history, transformed the surrounding area, and the Column Bakehouse Cafe was once the mortuary for the town of Devonport. It's one of those cafe cross mortuaries that you read so much about. <laughs> Just saying, you go and get a cup of tea in a bun and you can sit there and watch your and auntie. And have your tires changed at the same, same time. time. Yeah. And lube. <laughs> That's not so funny. No. No. The cells next door retain much of their original features, including iron bars over the windows and thick stone walls. That's what you want from a cafe. <laughs> uh, the people that went along are saying they had a fantastic experience at Devonport Guildhall. I just thought it was kind of strange, the type of investigating that they did. What's a human pendulum? I've absolutely no idea. Isn't that where you blindfold someone and turn them around and then you'll sit in a circle? 
and they sort of go in a direction or I don't know I don't, I don't know. well let's we'll look that up this is this is the show more questions and answers we shall find out there's a fantastic thing I do when I do my psychic development classes where everyone who's there stands in a big circle so if there's 20 people at a development class that I'm running they all stand in a circle we blindfold someone in the middle and then every single person points at one person in the circle so you've got 20 19 20 people pointing at one person in the circle it's amazing how many times that the person who's blindfolded spends a minute thinking about where they're being directed to go and actually stands and walks towards that person and stands in front of them so if you have a party or a gathering i would recommend you try that and you will be amazed at the results Heather, you have one more story for me tonight in the round. I of do. I got to get goes. some points back. I love the way you squeeze extra stories in each week. This show's going to be two hours long. You trying to get points? Well, I got to get some back. You have. You're on minus. Score? You're actually on minus two at the moment, which is quite remarkable. I didn't get any plus points from my first story. You lost two lots of minus points for being lippy. Uh, I can recall that quite well. <laughs> I don't remember. But we can that go at back all. and listen to the recording <laughs> if you want proof of that. It can be supplied as evidence. All right, here we go. A uh, creepy figure appears in a wedding photograph. It's Uncle Dave. A <laughs> uh, couple celebrating their wedding were shocked to find an unexpected extra in one of their pictures. Newlyweds Kevin and Christina had been browsing through the photographs taken during their big day when they noticed something peculiar in a picture that they posted online. The image, which shows a beaming couple during their wedding, also appeared to feature an unexpected et- extra, a creepy face that can be seen peering ominously out from behind them. So far, nobody has been able to figure out who it could be. Me and my wife's favorite photo until we saw what was between us. We still don't know who it is, Kevin wrote on Reddit. Uh, Neither of them were able to recognize the peculiar extra who they hadn't seen at the time the picture was taken. It's one of these wedding guests that just turn up and eat a plate of food and... (laughs) <laughs> leave again what what wedding crashes is that yeah that's it we got wedding crashing ghost which is quite remarkable. yes christina's sister suggested that it might have been her but on closer expect inspection the face suggested that it didn't look anything like her so it was a man no. have you seen the photograph i have and it actually looks like it's some creepy little kid or maybe a mother-in-law peeking in between but, on a creepy little kid or a mother-in-law <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> stroke <right>. stroke <laughs> Stroke mother-in-law. It's not, your mother-in-law looks like Yoda. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Come to the dark side. Married she was. This is outrageous. Yeah, so it was kind of funny. There has been uh, examples in the Warbisher Street Caves in St. Paul in uh, Minnesota. They hold weddings there. And there have been photographs of gangsters in the background of weddings, you know, wearing stereotypical gangster clothing of the 1920s with lots of white and black and the hats and everything. You imagine them with a machine gun. So there has been photographs taken at weddings in the caves there and i wrote about that in one of my books actually mysterious minnesota the warbisher street caves but there have been gangsters seen at wedding photos and there was a little boy sat on his own at a wedding table and uh, he ended up talking and playing with two or three guys and they said afterwards you know where have you been and the kids said well i was chatting you know to those guys at the table and they said there's no one there there was no one at the table and he gave them a description about them wearing the the stereotypical gangster clothing i guess of the 1920s and 30s you know like john dillinger actually went to the caves believe it or not 
And uh, in the photographs, they developed them. And there was actually three guys sat at the table talking to the boy in the photographs, dressed as gangsters. So that was very interesting. But they've got bullet holes in the cave walls. They had like a speakeasy down there and jazz clubs. And John Dillinger and the Mar Baker boys were in there at one time. And there's a really nice story where John Dillinger asked one of the women to dance and uh, she danced with him. And John Dillinger left and uh, the barman came up to her and said, did you know who that was? And she said, no. And he said, that's John Dillinger, the most wanted man in America at the moment. Because everyone, there was an amnesty. If you drove to St. Paul in Minnesota, there was an amnesty, apparently. So if you got chased from Chicago, well, there's all these Model T, Model A Fords driving from Chicago to Minneapolis and St. Paul with gunfire. And once they get into St. Paul, they had an amnesty, apparently, and they couldn't be touched. So uh, that's where they came. But there's a very famous letter sent to Henry Ford by John Dillinger from St. Paul. And on that letter, it said, I really love my Model A Ford. It outruns all the other police cars. <laughs> <laughs> and that letter is in the Ford Museum in Detroit. I just thought that was fabulous. And it was post-stamped St. Paul. So there is proof, of course, that he was there. I have one more story here in the round of uh, Ghosts and Hauntings. It says, Woman vandalised corpse of boyfriend's ex in bizarre funeral home knife attack. Shayna Sims is accused of illegal dissection of a human body following the attack on her frenemy at a funeral home. Shayana, by the way, sounds like the name of a woman that would actually attack a corpse, I might add. My dad never gave me any advice in life, but he said never date hairdressers, strippers or girls called Shayna. A woman has been arrested after allegedly reaching into a coffin and slashing up the body of a boyfriend's ex in a funeral home. Shayna Sims, who also goes by the last name of Smith, is being held on charges of vandalising a corpse. Now, we had a story, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago where a police officer was tickling the feet of a corpse and making jokes. And we said we didn't think he could be charged for that because there was no victim. And uh, on this occasion, she's being charged, apparently, with illegally dissecting a human body. She's uh, 26 years old. She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, of course, where all the serial killers and mad people live. Mm -hmm. Police were alerted by a manager at Moore Funeral Home in East Lawn Chapel who said a family had complained a body waiting to be interred had been vandalised. They claimed Sims reached into the coughing of the deceased woman and used a knife to slash her face and then smeared all of her makeup. This is a dead body, remember, she's doing this too. The family found Sims with her hands inside the coffin, but she quickly stepped away when they approached. Funeral director John Wilson told local paper Tulsa World he had never experienced such a situation in 30 years of business. The local paper Tulsa World, by the way, must be an oxymoron because I read the headlines this week and it said that Billy Bob was beating his dogs again. (laughs) It's really unfortunate that it has happened, Wilson said. Police are believed to have found a folding knife with the deceased woman's hair on it, as well as scissors, a box cutter and various makeup items. Officers did not offer a motive for the attack, but local reports suggest the deceased woman had previously dated Sims' boyfriend and the pair were described as frenemies. Sims is being held on $20,000 bail at the moment. I just want to mention this is a really good way to get yourself haunted. If you do this to a corpse, mm. you know, you slash up their face while they're in wake with all their friends and family there, you smear their makeup. At some point, you're going to have a ghost coming towards you that's got smeared makeup, like the Joker, you know, with its face slashed. You're going to be lying in bed. This woman's going to be lying in bed one night and thinking that this poor woman is going to come back. That's a surefire way, isn't it, oh. to get a, a haunting or a ghost? Maybe. 
Maybe. You don't think that's a good way to be haunted for the rest of your life. Well, you're not usually with your corpse anyway. I know, but the corpse is going to be buried in the cemetery. But that body, that haunted person, is going to come back into the bedroom and terrorise that woman, isn't she? Yes, if she visited her funeral to see herself get... getting attacked. That's outrageous. the, The question I think I have is, what's the point there's really no point. I mean, I, I can understand ex-girlfriend, whatever, and you're intimidated by her because you're afraid she wants her boyfriend back. But that makes absolutely no sense but to desecrate a... That's what I'm saying. I think the point is that she gets the last word. Because imagine you're being lowered into the ground in a coffin and the un, yeah, the priest is there giving you the, uh, the cross and the ashes to ashes and uh, all of a sudden a ghostly emaciated arm skeletal reaches out of the coffin and touches you and says you're it tag (laughs) and then the then the dirt gets put on top and you've got no chance of getting them back unless of course you go and get a shovel and it's in the middle of the diet and it's dark and you know you're digging away there just to get your tag back on that dead body it could happen it's getting in the last word that brings to us the end of the round that is Ghosts and hauntings. Greg has zero because he failed to give me a number between zero and 52. (laughs) I am on three. Heather is on minus two. And Kim is on a resplendent winning four. As we move into the round that is cryptozoology and UFOs. It's green men and hairy beasties as we stumble out of the UFO with our makeup smeared. I'm going to jump straight to a story in Australia this week. It says farmer finds prehistoric sea monster on his property see this could happen to you greg you need to pay attention we could be making money as we speak a farmer in australia recently made a surprising discovery whilst tending to his land the gigantic fossilized jaw of a hundred million year old sea creature the creatures turned out to be an extinct carnivorous marine reptile known as chronosaurus i was out poisoning prickly acacia and saw some objects shining in the distance robert hacken whose farm is near nelia in queensland said in a written statement at first glance i thought they were fossilized mussel shells so i drove away ten minutes later my curiosity got the better of me and i turned back i jumped out of my buggy and i cast my eyes upon these enormous pieces of bone i thought to myself my gosh what have i got when Hakon realised that something was rarer than old mussel shells, he notified the Queensland-based Chronosaurus Museum. Can you believe there's actually a museum in Queensland where he found this, called the Chronosaurus Museum? Mm. The scary thing is that this creature wasn't even an adult when it died. Dr Timothy Holland, the museum's curator, said in a statement, it still had a lot of growing to do. If that wasn't frightening enough, there are large indentations on each side of the mandibles to accommodate enormous overhanging teeth from the upper jaw. I doubt a lot of animals would have escaped the jaws of the Chronosaurus, once within biting distance. The Chronosaurus dominated Australia's great inland sea during the later Cretaceous period. It belonged to a group of short-necked prehistoric marine reptiles called pliosaurs. These creatures were so huge that the crocodile-like skull of the Chronosaurus could span more than two metres, larger than the skull of the T-Rex, and their curved teeth were like the size of bananas. The giant sea creature likely preyed on turtles, giant squids and even sharks. According to Holland, and the jaws of the Chronosaurus were about twice as powerful as those of a large saltwater crocodile. The complete fossil measures just over five feet in length and is seven inches deep in some places. Holland said in a statement, adding that it's the most complete mandible of a Chronosaurus he has ever 
found. Sounds like Nessie, doesn't it, in Loch Ness? I love the fact that it said it had teeth the size of bananas. That's fabulous, isn't it? Curved. Little bananas or big bananas? It doesn't say. I'm guessing they're big bananas. Okay. If it's a giant Kronosaur. I can't believe there's a museum specifically for Kronosaurus. Kronosaurus. I like that word. Kronosaurus. <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> I've never heard of a Kronosaurus before, but I'm going to say it again, Kronosaurus. That's like abominable. It's like abominable, but I can actually pronounce Kronosaurus. Heather, <laughs> what have you got for me the rounding? UFOs and cryptozoology. You're never going to guess. It's actually a story on UFOs and cryptozoology. Maybe. Okay, you're going to get extra points if it is. Donald Trump's hair has been discovered in the Amazon. Donald Trump's hair. Yeah. It went on holiday. Yes. That's it's crawling to... around on the Amazon. No, it's true. This is what happened to Ronald Reagan's brain. <laughs> Ronald Reagan's brain went on holiday for, for eight years. All right. Do you even know, the president's brain is missing. There's this walnut on a beach and there's water coming in and it's got a cocktail and a cigarette. I don't know what and you're going Ronald Reagan's brain went on holiday for eight years. Uh, I swear. What? So if Donald Trump's hair is in the Amazon... Ronald Reagan's brain went on holiday. I'm thinking Donald Trump's natural hair hair color is probably about the same as an orangutan. It looks like a surprised coconut. (laughs) What, his toupee? He hasn't got oh, a it's two- his real hair. I'm sorry. Oh. Oops. Controversial. <laughs> he won't sue you. He's barely got any money. Do continue. Uh, no, Donald Trump doesn't put his hair on a big leaf when he goes to bed. This crazy hairpiece looking clump of yellow fluff is actually a rare caterpillar that only looks like Donald Trump's hair. <laughs> so if you and are losing your hair, Mr. Trump, there are You can Amazon. stick caterpillars on it. Caterpillar. <laughs> can you train it up or can you just glue it in place? It just kind of runs a track around your ring. The problem of your is, hair. you'll get two months of a caterpillar and you've glued it on, and before you know where you are, there's a butterfly and it's flapping around. And you <laughs> can't wear a baseball cap. You've got your baseball cap on and it's all moving around because the butterfly's flapping about. They haven't thought this through. Um, this caterpillar was spotted and photographed recently by Phil Torres of the Pasadona Amazonas Rainforest Expeditions. While leading a photography tour in Peru rainforest, he posted the photo online and immediately people began commenting on how it looks like Donald Trump's hair. We didn't, <laughs> it's on holiday. Yes, we didn't see it at the time, um, but we're looking at the photo and it's certainly similar to his hair. It's pretty funny. People went mad for the photo comparing it to his toupee. Oops, his real hair. Can you imagine <laughs> being on the airplane and the person sat next to you is Donald Trump's hair? <laughs> I just, so did you it probably a, has its own seat so you, did you have a nice break I mean how are the kids is there photographs of your holiday or uh, would you like chicken or would you like the fish I'm just saying well if you touch that thing you'll seriously get hurt uh, it has these little hairs that can poke into your skin and release venom so you can actually get it to stick on your hair like some sort yep. of velcro yep and so it is the Donald Trump caterpillar so your story for UFOs and cryptozoology is a caterpillar in the Amazon. Did you like, know it existed? No, I didn't. Cryptozoology. Just because I don't know it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> There's lots of people I don't know Hello? exist. What are you suggesting? That it's a new creature. It's a new creature. Bargain for three yeah, that, points. Yeah, I think is, I'm going to be generous and bring you up to zero. Oh, wow. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? How about a UFO story? That would be fabulous. Multiple panicked witnesses call New York City 911 reporting a fast-moving flying saucer over the Bronx. 
For the second time in 12 months, residents of New York City reacted in panic after seeing a UFO streak across the skies above the Bronx. Authorities say they received several phone calls from citizens reporting a flying saucer moving swiftly over East 149th Street and Bruckner Expressway. Juan Marrero was on the roof and his building in Hunts Point tending to his pigeons when he saw two bright orbs speed across the sky. I look up and see this fireball, whoosh, and then another, whoosh. It wasn't Donald Trump's hair, was it, by any chance? <laughs> it was coming back to it him. It was coming back to him. He uh, whistles, he whistles, he goes, whoosh, and his hair comes back, <laughs> sits on his head. There you Boomer- go. Boomerang. There. The hair that you can never throw away. <laughs> 25-year-old Andres Morales also spotted the streaking objects. He grabbed his smartphone and began taking pictures, including the one above, which the article shows one. Um, looks like a disc-shaped white orb surrounded with a reddish glow. I stuck my hand out the car window and snapped like crazy. I don't know if it was what it was, but it was moving crazy fast. A New York Times reporter called the police to ask about the reports and received a subtle but cold reply. Later on, he, he tweeted about it and said, A lot of people have called 911 tonight to report a UFO in the Bronx. Called New York Police Department. They said if I asked about it, you'll hear a dial tone. Residents of the Bronx area reported similar sightings in May 2014 and also in 2011. Descriptions for the object sighted last summer bore an eerie similarity to this week's sighting. I'll, it uh, it just sort of hovered stationary and then shot off in the blink of an eye. It's Donald Trump's hair, I tell you. It's moving around the country. <laughs> you want it's to see pictures of it now, don't I you? I do. I'm, I'm intrigued as to what this yes. looks like. Can we get this on our on our Facebook site? We're think? gonna. I'll put it on there. You'll put it on there. Yes. And if Donald Trump's listening, it's Heather that's uh, putting it on there. I, I, you don't have a toupee. It's real hair. I know it's real. Okay. You've you've often run your hands through his hair. Yes. And then he put his shirt back on. Oh. <laughs> Be sure to stay tuned as we explore further the week's news of the paranormal and strange after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets my Bumfley to discuss all things paranormal. <laughs> the group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology, Bigfoot crop circles and ghosts. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where and why of these phenomena meetings are from 7 to 9 p.m central time in the banquet room of the american legion club in wake park minnesota for more information visit their website lapig.org for people who believe that standing in a cold dark basement in the middle of the night for hours and end is perfectly normal or indeed standing in a field with a laser pen and saying here i am come and get me the Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs or Donald Trump's hair is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows someone who has, this is the place to be and i recommend that you go to their website they have speakers listed there regularly so if you wish to go along go to mnmufon.org that's mnmufon.org and see who's going to be speaking there and they will welcome you with open arms and a laser pen if you wish to be one of the show's sponsors and hear your business or product advertised by the dulcet tones of an eccentric englishman live on air going out to the nation and beyond 
please contact the show. I would love to hear from you. And I'm just going to give a shout out, actually, while we're on the subject, to all the listeners we have around the world. We have listeners in Paraguay, Lithuania, Denmark, the United Kingdom, the United States, of course, Mexico, Italy, Vietnam, Cambodia, Australia, Brazil, and all manner of fabulous and amazing places. So a big thank you to our listeners around the world. We love hearing from you, and we're grateful that you tune in and listen to us weekly from the cold, cold, barren wastes of Minnesota. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania and for the annoying inability to say Kronosaurus live on air. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. If you've just joined us, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance! All the way around the bedroom. High fives all round. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Where all of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolor for your perusal, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. If you wish to see a caterpillar that looks like Donald Trump's hair, that is the place to be. I never thought I'd ever read that out live on air. <laughs> you can go to our website and see a picture of a caterpillar that looks like Donald Trump's hair. You're welcome. Sentences that have never, ever been said before in the history of broadcasting. You can also write to me and send me stories at mqta at rocketmail.com and at my Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea in the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries and thankfully my mother has now stopped snoring from the room next door so onwards we march into the round that is strange and bizarre it's the stories from around the week that couldn't be said anywhere else in the show but are just too good not to read out on air so heather what have you got for me tonight in the round that is strange and bizarre i've got the story of the year well, let's not prejudge it. It's like when people say to me, I've got a really funny story for you. And it's, I say, no, no, you tell me the story. I'll tell you if it's funny or not. I've, let's not prejudge it. I'm prejudging. If this it's pretty the, fantastic. So we're going to have a vote at the end of this. If this isn't okay. the story of the year, you're losing points. I'm confident. Okay. I admire your confidence. Your assiduity towards your subject matter is quite intriguing. A couple was arrested for selling golden tickets to heaven. Golden tickets to heaven. Yes. That's like the Renaissance. They said if you painted a picture, you know, on a wall of a church and you paid the artist to do that, that was your ticket into heaven. So people that were rich would try and buy their way into heaven by giving the artist money, Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, to paint the church pictures around the wall. And that would be their ticket to eternal life. Uh, it didn't get that. It's just like Willy Wonka. Did it come out of a chocolate wrapper? No. OK. No. Willy Wonka is in heaven. Willy Wonka's God. Okay. I saw a film once. No, perhaps I won't go there. Okay. <laughs> Tito and Amanda Watts were arrested over the weekend for selling golden tickets to heaven to hundreds of people. The couple who sold the tickets on the street for ninety nine ninety nine per ticket told the buyers the tickets were made from solid gold, and each ticket reserved the buyer a spot in heaven. Simply present the ticket at the pearly gates, and present you're the in. Ticket. Yeah. yeah. Some so I have a question Peter. with that part. I, how are you going to get the ticket to heaven? 
I can give you a ticket to heaven right now. Greg, go and get a gun. <laughs> that could be arranged. Don't worry about that game. It goes on to say people can sell tickets to heaven, a Jacksonville police spokesman said. It's always in Florida, Oklahoma or Florida. Have you noticed this? But this story gets great. But the, the Watts misrepresented their product. Oh, it wasn't gold at all. The tickets were just wood spray painted gold with ticket to heaven, admit one written in marker. <laughs> and people bought them. You can't sell something as gold when it's not. It's that's where fair. Wait, that's where the Watts crossed the line into doing something illegal. illegal. So it wasn't the fact that it was to get into heaven. It was the fact that it was wood painted gold so when you pick up this piece of wood that's painted gold you don't think to yourself oh that doesn't feel like gold that feels quite light it's almost like it's as light as wood uh, i don't know what these people were thinking gold but is quite it, heavy well it gets struggle to pick up a gold bar i'm telling you right now i'm telling you the story gets much much better tito watts said in his police statement which is fabulous by the way i don't care what the police say the tickets are solid gold it ain't cut up two by fours, I spray painted gold. And it was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC. And I'm said, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the first time. Wow. Things, things that have never been read out on live radio before. J- Jesus, Jesus. Jesus gave it to wait. me behind the back of KFC. Now, wait, I'll read the whole sentence. Did his beard tickle by any chance? Or? <laughs> and it was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC and said to sell them so I could get me some money to go to outer space. Get me some money. Yes. I met an alien named Stevie. Who Steve said, the alien. Who said if I got the cash together, he'd take me and my wife on his flying saucer to his planet that's made entirely of crack cocaine. He's not running to be a Republican politician by any chance, is he? <laughs> you can smoke all the crack cocaine there you want. Totally free. So try to send an innocent man to jail and see what happens. You oh, I've got a good idea what's going to happen to him. <laughs> You should arrest Jesus because he's the one that gave me the golden tickets and said to sell them. I'm willing to wear a wire and set Jesus up. Wow. <laughs> it was Jesus that done it, me lord. Honest. Uh, Amanda Watts. Can you imagine you've got, a, you've got a fun... Can you do a sketch of the accused and you've got like a beard and long hair? Um, the, the accused was wearing sandals. He had a long white robe. He had all these strange men following. He had this. He never had a shepherd's hook. He was a carpenter. He'd have had like a circular saw or some sort of nail gun with him. Oh, that's not funny. Controversial. Amanda Watts said in her police statement. Now this is his wife. We just wanted to leave Earth and go to space and smoke some rock cocaine in space. I didn't do nothing. Nothing. Tito sold the tickets to heaven. I just watched. Okay. Police said they confiscated over 10000 in cash, five crack pipes, and a baby alligator. And a bag of nails. A baby alligator? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I told you the best story ever. I like the way they try and throw Jesus under the bus. I'll wear a wire. I, I'll do it. Jesus did it. He, he's an enabler. That's shocking. Okay, I will give you four. You've got four points for having a story that involves Jesus giving it to someone behind the back of KFC, an alligator, and aliens. Kim, what have you got for me in the round? That's a hard act to follow, I might add. I was just going to say, I don't have the story of the year. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, well, I'll just give you two points and we'll move on. I've got a story here that says... <laughs> My story says Russian claims royal baby birth was a fake because Kate Middleton looked too beautiful. The ridiculous, of course, the royal baby was born uh, three or four days ago now, of course, beginning of the week. It says the ridiculous claims were made by readers of a pro-Kremlin newspaper. Kate Middleton looked too beautiful to have just given birth when she emerged from the Lido wing yesterday, according to a bizarre conspiracy theory that has emerged in Russia. Pro-Kremlin newspaper Pravda carried the claims which were made by various Russian women. They said that it was impossible for the Duchess of Cambridge to look so good immediately after the birth, also questioning whether the baby was in fact born days before. One woman said if she'd really given birth naturally, it was surely some days ago. Another added she gave birth three days ago. They reported it only now. Look at the baby. She does not look like a newborn baby at all. She's at least three days old. There is nothing which would help a woman, even if she gave birth with the help of the best doctors, stand up five hours later after giving birth and leave the clinic on her feet. The claims became even more ridiculous when one woman said that Kate Middleton had not even given birth to the new princess herself. She said it was a surrogate mother who gave birth, but not her. Kate must have been wearing a fake belly, showing to the people that she was pregnant. Greg, you can take that fake belly off now, by the way. (laughs) She said it was a surrogate mother (laughs) who gave birth to her. It's not just the way you walk, she said. You can't walk, is what she's saying. Five hours after you've given birth and waved to the public in a white dress. If you've ever given birth, try to recall yourself what you were like three or four hours later. So, Nathan, what was it like when you... No, it's just a joke. Ladies, <laughs> three or four hours after giving birth, would you have been able to have stood up and walked out and waved to a crowd of people in a nice white dress? Yes. Yeah. Really? You think it's possible? I, yes. I know this is conspiracy it is possible. theories. We did it. You did it. Yeah, okay. you did it too. Yeah. Yeah, Kim just gave birth in the field and carried on planting. And then she cut a cold <laughs> of wood in the afternoon. <laughs> Fabulous. Kim, what have you got for me in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? Man arrested after liking his own most wanted poster on Facebook. Well, that's a ridiculous thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Levi Reardon, a 23 year old alleged felon from Montana, is getting international attention after seeing a most wanted mugshot of himself on Facebook and then liking it. The image was posted by the local Great Falls Crime Stoppers when Aaron Purcell, president of the organization, noticed that the man in the picture had liked his own mugshot. He took a screenshot and alerted the group's followers. Since then, the story has blown up, being picked up by news outlets all over the world. Various sources have reported that Reardon's liking the Facebook post led to his arrest. Generation Opportunity contacted the Great Falls Crime Stoppers on Facebook and got a more nuanced story from Purcell. It didn't actually lead to his arrest other than it got more popular and allowed his mugshot to be seen more. We have reason to believe an anonymous tip may have led to his arrest. However, I have not received official word other than he was arrested without incident a few weeks after he liked his post. He added, We know of no direct correlation between him liking the post and getting arrested. Reardon was wanted for stealing a wallet and personal checks, forging a signature to make four checks out to himself and then cashing the checks. His bond is set at $2,500 with an arraignment scheduled. So it's almost like a honey trap. They're getting criminals that aren't very intelligent. They're posting wanted posters for them all over Facebook. They then get to like them, and then ultimately they then go and capture them. Is that what we're saying? Yes. So if you're a criminal out there, the best thing to do is not like your own wanted poster, I'm guessing. 
The what? Are, well, you've got another story for me. You're desperate to get points, aren't you? I can hear papers being shuffling. You just I have the story of the year. I'm getting points. I'm feeling good about myself. So you're going to now ruin it. <laughs> what? Go on, let's hear it. This point, you are you are on four points at the moment. You are in a third place. Greg, well, Greg's only doing worse because he hasn't got any stories to read out. <laughs> oh man, a bodybuilder almost loses his arms after an effort to look like the Incredible Hulk. That would be I difficult. I read the story. <laughs> if you lost both your arms, how would you operate a digital watch? That would keep know. me awake at night. I'd have to strap it to other extremities and kind of... Uh, on your ankle. Well, that would be right, yes. I'd have to look. Have you got the time on your ankle? <laughs> no. Wouldn't that worry you? The things you no. couldn't do, you couldn't operate a digital watch. It'd be terrible. <laughs> Just saying. He's never going to get caught, though. If there's a robbery, I was going to say an armed robbery, it's not going to be an armed robbery, but he's got no fingerprints. But then if he gets captured by the police and they say, put your arms up, he's going to be in trouble. I'm just thinking it through. He's got all kinds of problems, this man. It's terrible. Romario Dos Santos Alves, 25, wanted to look like the Incredible Hulk. So but he painted rather himself th- green and tore his clothes no, off. No, but rather than working out as hard as Lou Ferrigno or getting an overdose from a gamma ray machine, Alves took what he thought was the easy route. He injected his arms and back with a mix of oil and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Well, you know those two shouldn't be mixed. His so biceps, if you ever get drunk and have a big plate of fish and chips or a kebab, you've got problems the next there day. There you go. His biceps. Bacon sandwiches. <laughs> this is why when you get drunk, you should never eat bacon sandwiches. <laughs> no, you're supposed to. Which well, says alcohol and grease. It. it says alcohol and grease shouldn't be mixed together. Alcohol and oil. I'm sure it can be mixed together in your stomach, just not in your muscles. Okay. So what we're saying to all of our listeners is never mix alcohol and bacon sandwiches and inject them into your muscles. Uh, yes, or your butt or whatever. Okay. So this is an informative show in many respects. His, his biceps grew to 25 inches. Wow. But then came the bad news. The filler started causing him pain and physical and mental health problems. It strained his relationship with his wife, and then necrosis set into his arms. I remember the doctor told me that they would have to amputate both arms. They said everything in there, all my muscles, were rock. Supposedly it turned him to rock. Mm -hmm. He's Uh, injecting it in the wrong place, I tell you. (laughs) fortunately, (laughs) Fortunately, doctors were able to remove some of that rock and save his arms. He's had cravings, but hasn't used the oil mix since. Oh, it's a fabulous story. It was crazy. You I have seen, seen a photograph arms. of that. It did, have you? Look, yeah, it looked like walnuts stuffed into a condom. It was ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> if you can imagine such a thing. Well, all good things come to an end. Where's my points? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't believe... There was a time on this show that everyone read one story. How many stories did you have for the Ghost and Hauntings round? Two. And how many stories have you got Just for the Donald Strange Trump. and Bizarre round? Oh, two. Two. So everyone else is reading out one. You're reading no, out... you read out two. Yes, but I'm not desperate for points like you are. <laughs> <sighs> I shall give you two points. There Yay. you go. We now move into the round that is called Not For Your Mother. These are the stories from around the world this week that you would not want your mother to listen to or to hear. People that are of a delicate disposition. People that perhaps are uh, minors that shouldn't be listening to a round called Not For Your Mother. You have been warned you need to step outside, touch a furry caterpillar, or look at strange lights up in the sky while we read these particular stories 
out. Heather, where are you going tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I am going to England. They're always in England when, when we're doing Not For Your Mother. It's like we're a strange race of people that do things naked and run around on the beach. and. That's where all the fun stories come from. This is a fun place to be. Activist known as Wanksky draws oh, penises around potholes to get them fixed. That's a good idea. Yeah. It highlights it? potholes Wanksky. in the road. Yes, we don't... Stop saying it. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> We've had this before. I'm guessing that's a it's play... It's in the story. I know. It's a play on the word Banksy, who's a famous kind of guerrilla graffiti artist in Britain who goes around spraying murals and stencils on walls. And the word for onanism is also being included in there. That If Americans oh. don't know what the beginning of that particular compound noun is, it is uh, the act of... Uh, Wanksky. Onanism. Yes. The practice of pleasuring oneself. Yes, by having ice cream. You can see, well, that may be involved, of course. <laughs> <laughs> do you want a flake with that or do you want oh. toppings? Or? Every town has Sprinkles. Certain... Do you want sprinkles on that? No, just me. Okay. <laughs> oh, shut up. I'm getting, the, I'm getting your mother's finger. I'm getting You will look. be. You'll oh, be getting wow. your mother's hand. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Every town has certain streets that are riddled with potholes and everyone hates those streets because they're a nuisance and can be downright dangerous. Do you know why they're called potholes? Because when the Romans built roads throughout Britain, they took clay with them and they built proper roads with clay so the Roman armies could spread out across Europe and their empire. When the Roman army fell, when the uh, Roman um, the Romans fell and that, that kind of was taken over by the Saxons and the Vikings... Um, all the locals started digging up the roads to make all their pots with because that was the clay. It was easy for them to access the clay. So all the holes in the road were made for, were dug out to use the clay to make pots with. So they became potholes. Oh, this I This is true, that. I tell you. When the Roman Empire, that's the word I was struggling for, empire. I, I'll say it again, empire, the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Strike back. The force is strong with this one. No. Prepare the escape pod. Manchester, England is apparently worse than most cities. It is. I would agree with that. I'd never live there. With as many as 70 potholes on a half-mile stretch I'm of mad road. I'm mad for it, me. I'm mad for it. I'm from <laughs> Manchester, me. I'm mad for it. One guy has been fed up and has decided to do something about it. How good are these drawings? Does it show kind of detail? Everything. Everything. Wow. Everything. You can tell what religion he is. Uh, he goes by the name of Wanksky. Yes, you don't have to keep saying it's that. It's in the story. <laughs> we'll be taken off the air. And his genius idea is to draw penises around the potholes to draw more attention to them. Okay. The amazing part is Wanksky's yes, efforts. Yes, stop saying it. <laughs> Every time you say it, we get a $10,000 fine. I'm $40,000 in the red. I've <laughs> seen almost immediate results. The Manchester Evening News report... Uh, said that within 48 hours of Wangski's dick it. drawings, many of Manchester's most problematic potholes, which had been ignored for years, were filled. It should be noted that Wangski's drawings... Stop saying it! What's wrong with you? you got Tourette's! Um, so they would wash away naturally after a week or two, but that's not fast enough for Manchester City officials, who would rather fix the potholes right away to cover up the penises that Wanksky... Stop saying it! <laughs> Drew. I'm $70,000 in the hole now. Kim, what have you got tonight in the round of 
not for your mother. If you say the word wank, we're going to be taken off air. I won't. Okay. <laughs> Dirty old man sued for 50 shades sex scam. A 68-year-old retiree allegedly persuaded hundreds of women to enter his BDSM world blindfolded under the illusion he was a 30-something stud. This is disgusting. I bet he's French. Only they would get up to stuff like this. In Nice, France. (laughs) (laughs) Points for me. Imagine the anticipation as the young women approached the apartment building on the Promenade des Anglais. Whatever. (laughs) That's your best French, is it? Whatever. It's all foreign. Whatever. A gorgeous seafront boulevard that is one of the most prestigious addresses on the French Riviera. Each thought she was embarking on a kinky sexual adventure after responding to an online ad from one Anthony LaRoque, a strikingly handsome man of about 37, an architect in nearby Monaco who looked like a male model and promised a night right out of the Fifty Shades of Grey. Certainly, the evening rendezvous started out promising enough. Heather, you've lost Heather. Her her eyes have glazed over and she's looking, you know. She's thinking of Ronaldo. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I am. Portuguese (laughs) soccer player. That really (laughs) greasy, unctuous. Unctuous is a good word, isn't it? That's not greasy. He is. He just slips and slides all over the pitch. He's disgusting. He's got brill cream. Fantastic. Okay. I'm I'm not going to agree with you. I don't, you know. I, I can't see it. I have I just, my list. You've got a my list, a, list a, a hierarchy. Of yeah. So who's on, out of interest for our listeners, who's on your list of people? Ronaldo. Yes, who's probably gay. Go on. Van Persie. He's Dutch and he's placed for Manchester United. These are soccer players, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have And any. I loves him. Okay. An Ewok. An Ewok. <laughs> You've got a thing about Chewy, haven't you? I love Chewy. You do like it hairy, don't you? Yes. <laughs> You're hairy like animal. Good, baby. Very good. Kim, there's a story in there dying to get out. Uh, The evening rendezvous started out promisingly enough, at least for a BDSM aficionado. Per instructions outlined in email correspondence that typically lasted about two months beforehand, Anthony left his apartment door ajar when his dates arrived. They went as directed to his bathroom where they undressed, put on a blindfold, and were ushered through the darkened apartment to Anthony's bedroom, where he tied their legs and hands, and lovemaking ensued. I like the way love, lovemaking ensued. You did a bit of Barry White there in the background for a bit of hours, your father. <laughs> Unfortunately. Here we go. The evening rendezvous was usually over by the time the women realized their French Christian Grey was, as one alleged victim said, old, short, balding, paunchy, and altogether disgusting. And French. <laughs> La Playboy was nothing but a manipulative old man. Mohammed Maktouf, the niece lawyer representing one of the victims, told the Daily Beast. Wow. Hardly the handsome lover he pretended to be. Layla was not available for comment, but she told the Parisian newspaper recently that she removed her blindfold after sex with Mish despite his protests. When he insist when I insisted, he got angry. I ended up seeing his silhouette in the dark. He was old, pot-bellied, with a big nose. I told him, it wasn't you in the photo. He said no. It was Gerard Depardieu, of all accounts. <laughs> but I had grown fond of you and was afraid to admit it. Oh. This was just a game, Pomerade told the Daily Beast. It was consensual. It was fairly obvious that Pomerade was not a young model. Even his apartment looked to be owned by an older man. 
I wonder if some of them just wanted to believe he looked like the man in the photo. How does an apartment look like an older man? Is there like buckets of wee everywhere and the smell of mothballs and toffees? I mean, what's the, what's the apartment? TV guide. Nathan's nodding his head as if he has experience of what an old man's <laughs> apartment smells like. I wonder if these women still would have complained, though, if he'd have been a better-looking man. Well, of course. I mean, at first start, who allows themselves to be blindfolded and tied to a bed when you've not seen the person and you've never corresponded? The women who have been reading those Fifty Shades of Grey books. Yes, they have no ambition. They need. There's a whole world out there of Steinbeck and... Hemingway and Twain and Orwell and Kafka and you're reading and bloody me. Harry Potter and Fifty Shades of Grey. Unbelievable. Some beards, it says here, contain more poo than a toilet. Shocking study reveals. Greg's looking at his beard. Sorry, hipsters, with your fancy face hair. Apparently the average beard can have more poo in it than a toilet. <laughs> According to microbiologists, hairy faces could actually be dirtier than a loo because of the rancid bacteria that beards collect. Nathan, you haven't got to worry about having uh, dirty hair, have you? Mm-mm. John Golubic, of course. <laughs> Do you know, if you're going bald at the sides, that means you're a thinker. And apparently if you're going bald on top, that means you're sexy. So uh, Nathan what if just... You're bald uh, both places? Well, you just think you're sexy. <laughs> <laughs> You keep setting them up, I'll knock them out of the park. <laughs> John Golubic of Quest Diagnostics in New Mexico swabbed a number of beards searching for bacteria and determined that while several beards contain normal bacteria, some contain so much poo they were compared to toilets. Doesn't make you want to kiss a man with a beard, does it? If How do you get poo in your beard? You fiddle with it after going to the toilet. You, you know, you twiddle. Oh, it's with not your... like a Brillo pad. Well, it's or not something. like they're scrubbing the toilet with their head. If that's where you're going, <laughs> I was going. That's there, where you were going. Was it? It's the first place you went to. Oh, the toilet looks a bit grubby. Let me get in there with my beard. If there were similar samples in a water system, the scientists would say that they'd have to shut it down for disinfecting. Mr. Golubic said, "I'm usually not surprised, but I was surprised by this. There would be a degree of uncleanliness." That would be somewhat disturbing. <laughs> somewhat disturbing. Apparently the key to a poo-free beard is not to put your head down the toilet, <laughs> washing your hands and a good thorough face scrub and resisting twirling your moustache like a Victorian gentleman. Mr Golubic added, try to keep your hands away from your face as much as possible. Meanwhile, you. did you know what the fear of uh, beards is, by the way? Anyone for an extra point? Beardophobia. Oh, great. (laughs) It's called pogonophobia. So if you've got pogonophobia, you have the heightened fear of beards leading to nausea, sweating and (laughs) rapid breathing because some beards are just more frightening than others. That would be really problematic, wouldn't it? Imagine if you had a fear of beards, pogonophobia, because uh, at that point you'd be scared of Jesus giving you things behind the back of KFC. You'd be scared... (laughs) Of Santa Claus, you'd be scared of ZZ Top and ultimately (laughs) my grandmother. (laughs) Do you know what I was thinking of? Johnny Depp. Oh, I wouldn't be afraid of him. Even if he had a poo-covered beard? Yep, still do it. Okay, with stool samples and a bit of toilet paper stuck to it. Wet wipes, we're good. Wet wipes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was thinking... 
um, beard and poo and dingleberries. That's what the I was thinking. Dingleberries. <laughs> that's, that's a high street shop in Britain. That's like that's where you get designer clothes. It's in Piccadilly Circus. There's a really good restaurant in Can Dingle. Your beard yeah. get dingleberries. That's what I wanted. Depends know. where you put it. Where would you have to go for that to happen? I want to have a bush named Dingle. <laughs> So I can get berries off of it. There is a bush out there called the burning bush. <laughs> you can have one of those. One. Yes. Cystitis is a terrible thing, ladies and gentlemen. My advice is to eat dingleberries. Cranberries are very good. You want dingleberries, really. This is where we're going. This is a show for the paranormal. And we end up talking about, about dingle. dingleberries. Don't keep saying it. What's wrong with you? Wanksky. Well, all good things must come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter with the dead battery, it is Greg, who under duress couldn't give me a number between 1 and 52. And in a resplendent first place with the $33,000 IR camera, is a draw with Kim and Heather with six points each. There will be, as well as high fives, I'm second in fifth with five points. If anyone's. Second in fifth place. I'm second in fifth place. Well, we, we have metric in Britain, and it's a, it's a different system. What was the name of the dinosaur, quickly? Coronasaurus. Yes, Greg, but you're not looking... To do the playoff for the tiebreaker, are you? <laughs> well, in a surprising development. Greg has won. In the tiebreaker between Heather and Kim on six points, Greg has come in and snatched defeat from the jaws of victory for both ladies <laughs> by knowing that the dinosaur was a Chronosaurus and has now galloped from a resounding zero into first place. Who knew such things? Do not fear, listener. We are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing bizarre donald trump's wig chronosaurus and greg sprinting into a lead from zero points to seven with a tiebreak question he wasn't even involved in please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail Dot com. You can also follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, if you go to our website, that is soundcloud.com and type in MQTA radio, you will find another 15 to 20 minutes of every show each week for the bits we couldn't read out live on air. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Chaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, Nathan Bush and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.